0: Welcome back to Are You a Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Moonbound Productions for supporting today's episode. If you would like to express your support, please like and share the show. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. Hi, folks. Uh, Give us a like, follow, share, and, uh, you know, maybe a subscription. So, which I guess is uh, what a follow is. Uh, Ignore me. (laughs) Semantics. Anyway... Joker question for this week: If you could, if you had a chance to bond to the Venom symbiote, would you? Personally,
1: yes. I mean, just for the abilities it just kind of generally has, and knowing all the Spider-Man abilities, it kind of kept around and continued to use. Yeah, I'd do it. True, like that'd be fun.
0: I feel like even if you got it before, it got all the Spider-Man powers. It'd still be totally worth having. Oh, yeah. Like, super strength, regenerative ability, like, just nothing you couldn't, yeah. I would go into public and just have a ring of spikes around me. Keep, make sure to keep that six-foot rule. <laughs> right. Which you I just, don't just. think we should get rid of. <laughs> I, I, I definitely uh, agree with that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that brings us into our topic and our character for this week. Ladies and gentlemen and folks, Venom the Symbiote. So, Venom the symbiote was originally introduced as a living alien costume in the Amazing Spider-Man issue number two fifty-two, May nineteen eighty-four. He's older than me. Most of them are. Mm-mm, true. I think Deadpool's the only one that's younger than me. I don't even think that was by much. No, it I think it was anything. like nineteen ninety-four. So, <laughs> okay. So what all we got? Else we got here? Uh, a full. First appearance as Venom in The Amazing Spider-Man issue number 300, May 1988. And we will be going into detail on stuff like that. Yeah, it
1: only took 48 episodes in four years, or 48 comics in four years to
0: be its own actual thing. Right? <laughs> hey, here's this living thing. We're going to keep him as an item. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of D&D groups I've been part of. Okay, so the original idea of the new costume of Spider-Man that would later become the character Venom was conceived by a Marvel Comics reader from uh, Norwich, Illinois. Norwich sounds like porridge with an N. (laughs) Uh, Named Randy Shuler. Randy Shuler. If I butchered that name, Randy, I apologize if you're still alive and listening to this, ever hear this. In 1982, Jim Shooter, uh, Marvel's editor-in-chief at the time, sent sent (laughs) Schuler a letter acknowledging Marvel's interest in the idea, which they ended up purchasing from him for $220 dollars. Man, he really should have gotten like a like a deal off like a like a I want credit every time in the future seeing where Benham's coming.
1: It's kinda of like the guy who did the smiley face. Way yeah. back in the day. He got like what was it like twenty bucks or something, but that was all he ever got. Yeah. Just imagine the royalties he'd have nowadays.
0: Oh man, it's one of those like yeah, you you sell an idea for that, which you know, back in the eighties, like late eighties, two hundred and twenty bucks was nothing to scoff at, like
1: that was a pretty decent chunk.
0: Yeah, so I'm just like, like I can imagine him now, just with a beer, watching Venom the movie, just like
1: those moral bastards. That was my creation,
0: <laughs> I made that suit. <laughs> okay, shooter. Uh, shooter came up with the idea of switching Spider-Man to a black and white costume, possibly influenced by the. Intended costume design for the new Spider-Woman. Artist Mike Zack designed it.
1: So, writer-artist John Byrne... Byrne? I'm going to Byrne. Says on his website that he conceived a costume of self-healing biological material when he was the artist on Iron Fist. Uh, To explain how that character's costume was constantly being torn and then apparently reappeared by the next issue. I mean... That definitely seems like that stereotypical uh, comic issue. Yeah, most of these characters just kind of two, uh, give it up to. Oh, hey, they fixed it in a couple days or whatever.
0: Exactly, and but I do, I do give him credit for just like as as one of the artists just seeing that and just being like, we could easily solve this with a, like a, just the slightest explanation, guys. Right.
1: Um, he would explain that he ended up not using the idea on that title, but that Roger Stern later asked him if he could use the idea for Spider-Man's alien costume. Stern in turn... Uh, <laughs> Stern in turn. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it sound dirty? <laughs> I'm really- not saying like turn and burn.
0: Oh, yeah. Right? Well, our, we know where our, <laughs> both our minds are.
1: Uh, Stern would later, later plotted the issue in which the costume first appeared uh, but then left that title. It was writer Tom DeFalco and Ra- and artist Ron Friends who established that the costume was a sentient alien being and that was vulnerable to a high sonic en- energy during their run on the amazing Spider Man that preceded Michelena's. Mi- no idea. I'm not I'm not yeah, trying well, to not be go no with more. that. Well well I'll I'll let you I'll let
0: you take the fall on that one. <laughs> <laughs> the- The symbiote was first introduced as Spider-Man's new black costume in The Amazing Spider-Man issue uh, number 252, May 1984, which we already kind of did go over, as part of a story called Homecoming. The story takes place after Spider-Man's return from the events of the miniseries Secret Wars, where he first obtains the black costume. The full appearance of Venom in the Amazing Spider-Man number three hundred, May nineteen eighty-eight, after the symbiote bonds with Eddie Brock. Now um, that's kind. of uh, Todd McFarland also did have a hand in creating this costume, uh, which I didn't see a lot on the page about that, but it has that has been a noted thing in the media about him. So it's actually believed that's kind of where like. Spawn. That's why Carnage and Spawn share so many like similarities physically, including the fact that they're both symbiotic suits. Like, like literally, the the connections do not stop, except for one's from space, one's from the like seventh layer of hell. That's like the only difference in the two.
1: I'm just curious where Carnage came into that. I think Wait, you Car- mean Venom. And I mean Venom.
0: God. <laughs> Venom and Spawn. Oh, yep. Yeah, my, my. I is, mean,
1: not that there's a whole lot of difference with Carnage and Spawn either, but yeah. Uh, Venom, a lot of the same
0: similarities. Yeah, Venom and Spawn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my, my bad on that folks. Uh, Joker, thank you for correcting me. Uh, so now let's go into his in-universe history.
1: Which kind of spans all the way up to when he first bonds with Eddie.
0: Yes. I got a little take carried away with some of the research, and oh yeah, it, it, yeah. Let's get into it. The symbiote known as Venom was created by the Eldritch God Null. Now, in later on, we may do an episode on him, depending on you know things later on. But uh, basically, to get into it, he's an Eldritch God that was here before the universe was even created. Uh, symbiotes would overthrow Null and have all their memories wiped or altered so yeah basically he created them they that the reason they overthrew him was because they had a bout with Thor and Thor because of Thor's hammer and the sonic sounds and the lightning it detached them from Null's control and they were like whoa 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 why are we doing this and they turned on Null immediately
1: yeah it sounds about right
0: (laughs) yep uh Actually that battle took place on earth before humans evolved. Or back in I think maybe during the Norse times. It was a long time ago. Long enough ago that it doesn't really matter. It actually really <laughs> doesn't. Uh so the um okay so yeah we have uh, them overthrowing their god, their literal creator. Uh and then we have
1: Ostracized by its brethren for unknown reasons, the symbiote was discovered by Cree explorers who speculated it was being shunned due to cognitive defects and decided to harvest it for further study. Because, you know, when is that
0: ever a good idea? (laughs) So to to give everybody an idea of why they noticed that it was different than the others, most of the symbiotes, after overthrowing their god, became more peaceful. They, they actually kind of, that's the big lie in the universe, that their species are born of peace. And they symbi- they form symbiotic relationships with other creatures to increase that creature's chance of survival. And they're very peaceful and kind. And Venom wasn't. Ven- Venom was the one who's like, want to fight? And the Kree were like, that one. We take okay. that he one. He was just honest about it. True. He was. Th- that's the, o- the only difference. He was just honest. I feel like he was the one who was just like. I don't know why I want to fight everything, but I feel like I was made to do that. Yeah, I mean, not wrong. I definitely not wrong. I feel like the other ones were like, yeah, I don't think some. I think something's wrong with that one. I think we need to get rid of him. And the Cree helped. The Cree would bond it to a soldier named Kel- uh, Telkar in order to use its disguising abilities to infiltrate the Skrull Armada. Which, if you don't know about the Skrull, they are shapeshifting aliens, so having a suit that can shapeshift with them, probably your best chance at infiltrating. Then you got Telcar separated from it and erased its memories should the symbiote be captured, parting ways when the ship crash-landed. Just... Man, this symbiote's been through a lot of memory <laughs> stuff.
1: It's like C-3P on Star Wars.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, if only he couldn't have been R2.
1: (laughs) After crash landing, the symbiote would bond to an alien native to an ice world, uh, who later recalled it as its first host. Believing him to be a noble warrior and a worthy host, in reality the warrior used the symbiote to carry out a genocide against its home world, twisting it into a predatory and hate-filled being addicted to rage. Which really kind of built
0: the venom we kind of know. Yeah. I just I find it funny that originally it was it was prone to be like, yeah, like we should be able to fight and stuff, and then this thing just turned it into a complete like he was an MMA fighter before, like a good soldier before, and now he's just a crazy person. Yeah. That's what happens when you bond with warlords, man. Uh, still desiring to protect its host instead of uh, dominating them, it was imprisoned by its brethren as they feared it would contaminate the gene pool. This prison being incorporated into the makeup of the battle world by the uh, beyonder. Beyonder, another Eldritch bean. Yeah, <laughs> dimensional Eldritch beans.
1: And then, I know we didn't really put it in here, but I know it was on Battle World. That Deadpool and Venom, the symbiote would meet.
0: Ah, yes. Uh, That is a thing. Uh, Spider-Man is technically the first Earthling to encounter Venom, but later on it's revealed that Deadpool had actually encountered him first, which, there's an actual comic of it. Some of us, though, look at it and we're like, so did, did Deadpool really do this, or is this just a thing in Deadpool's head that we're all believing? However... Because of the infatuation the symbiote has for Peter, it's kind of easy to see believe that Deadpool I did. I very much believe it did. Yeah, because <laughs> it is really infatuated with Peter after it gets a hold of him. And Deadpool actually said he got rid of the symbiote because he thought it would be cruel to let a living thing share a mind with him. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. no. I, <laughs> Deadpool knows what he's about. That's what you can say about him. Okay. So kind of what we just talked
1: about, uh, this would be where Peter Parker would first encounter the symbiote, however, Deadpool later claiming to have come in contact with it first. Um, after bonding to the symbiote, Peter would notice it's increased it increased his abilities as long or abilities along with creating a biological web him. Ah uh, yeah,
0: which is kind of cool because um I mean the webs are in cartridges, like it had to really go out of its way to make those. Yep. because I even remember, like in the comics and in the cartoon, it is technically this like technically the same chemical compounds as his webs, just way more strong and sturdy, which makes sense. Uh, kind of cool thing. Later, Peter would uh, forcefully separate from the symbiote for a multitude of reasons, such as. It's addiction to rage, and he felt disgusted about being bonded with a living thing. Okay, you did put in the other stuff. I had to look. Yep, you told me you did. I just had to look to see how close it was. Which, there's a few other things on that which we are about to get into now.
1: Uh, With the aid of Mr. Fantastic and the Human Torch, Spider-Man will discover the symbiote was vulnerable to sound and intense heat, and he uses sonic waves to remove it and flames to scare it into a contaminant module.
0: Which would keep it contained for a little bit. Uh, but, you know, symbiotes aren't ones to really underestimate. Uh, the symbiote disguised itself as a spare red and blue uniform when the Volt... Volt... Voltarion? Voltarions? Voltarions? They, they looked like, from what little
1: I'd looked at them, it looked like they were uh, with the Vulture...
0: Uh, um, oh, oh! Like, his little, me- like, little yeah. mech, like little mech, like sentries and stuff. Oh yeah, Volterions and that, because every bad guy's got to have like a mini version robot of himself to send out. Uh, attacked the symbiote, revealed itself, and attempted to forcibly bond to Spider-Man. This would lead Spider-Man to separate from the symbiote and go to the Our Lady Saint Church, so as to use the giant bell. And, you know, sonic noises to separate permanently from the suit, which, yeah, uh, when he did escape the containment, he also did uh, the way he got to Peter's house was by literally bonding to a just random tourist, which how terrible would that be? It's like, guys, this is so cool. We're in New York just snapping photos. Then suddenly you wake up in a, in a Bronx neighborhood and that in front of a house like. Where, where? What? Right. <laughs> was I just at the Fantastic Four place? I guess my mom was right not to go to New York. <laughs> Parker's repeated
1: rejections left the symbiote extremely bitter towards him, a trade that would share with most of its future hosts. Yeah. Because know, somehow Peter, without intending to, makes a lot of enemies just by being himself.
0: He really does? <laughs> like... The symbiote one makes the most sense because, like, that thing had a love infatuation, weirdly. Some of the other enemies Peter makes, it's like, uh, it's kind of on them for thinking more. It of the also kid.
1: makes me wonder if part of his infatuation with Peter being Spider-Man is all that extra power he's already gaining in addition to his own.
0: I mean, that could easily be it. Well, because I remember in certain and um, many of the stories... When Peter gets the suit, part of the other problem is the symbiote kind of brings out Peter's inner rage. That's it. And like almost makes him kill a few people. And that's kind of when Peter's like, whoa, no, 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 no. Something's going on here. Uncle Ben taught me better. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, and Peter's nothing to scoff at power wise. So I could see the symbiote being real infatuated with those powers, especially considering his next host would be Eddie Brock. And as fate, or more likely plot, would have it, Eddie Brock would have came to the same church to commit suicide. (laughs) Upon separating from Peter, the symbiote would sense the rage of Eddie and bond with him. Which, yeah, that story takes a real dark turn. (laughs) And then immediately back on track. (laughs) Right. Which, if I remember correctly, the reason Eddie was committing suicide was because he literally, um, well, Peter, like we said, Peter making enemies without trying. Spider-Man ruined Eddie Brock's life by proving the innocence of somebody that Eddie had photographic evidence that was the criminal. But it turns out, I think it was like the chameleon or somebody in disguise. So it, it ruined Eddie's credibility with any news source. It makes sense. And I, like, yeah, he had this guy dead to rights, uh, like ruined this dude, like, you know, guys in prison and stuff. And then Peter just brings in the real criminal. Uh, if you're the guy who did all that editing and like writing, it's not going to end well for you. Uh, so this
1: is actually where the symbiote would gain the name Venom as him and Brock would be the venom of Spider-Man and Peter's life for the symbiote would give him all the knowledge it acquired from its time with Peter, allowing Eddie to take his revenge.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, yeah, Eddie's one of the few people who knows Peter's secret identity because of this. And it also, weird side ability it gained by being with Peter, it doesn't trigger Peter's spider sense.
1: It makes sense. It knows what the spider sense is and how it reacts, so it's going to learn a defense against it.
0: Yeah, so it's just, just like kind of a, a weird but like a cool really terrifying ability for your enemy to gain on you yeah considering spider-man that's kind of his like linchpin to survival it's the only way he survived a lot (laughs) yeah true so okay eventually eddie would find the rage of venom to be too much for him and they would go their separate ways and by separate ways, Eddie would put Venom up for auction and donate the money to charity. This would lead Don Fortunato, Fortun, Fortunato, now I don't know where I'm getting the R there. F- <laughs> F- <laughs> F- F- <laughs> F- uh yeah, Don Futinato to buy it in attempt to make his uh, to make a man of his son, Angelo F- Fudanato. <laughs>
1: Just knowing you were going to have to say the last name again was making me laugh.
0: And there's an R now. But! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't even catch that.
0: We're going with Fudonato. I'm, I'm sticking with it. We're, we're assuming these people. Yeah, that's the name to me. Uh, the, but I do, find, I do love, because like they do write as, like, hey, man, we go their separate ways. By Eddie selling it off. I mean, that's a great
1: way to go your separate ways. really is. But like at the same time, it's also going to piss them off and make them come back at you.
0: Yeah. Also, Uh, just the wording of that. It sounds more like both of them were more, like, agreed upon it than it actually. It implies mutual separation, the wording of that. It's generally most times when you use that, like, oh, they went their separate ways. That it, doesn't
1: always imply it's mutual, though. It sounds that's, that's like just a nicer way of saying they went their own ways. That's all it really is. Yeah, because any girlfriend you had a bad breakup with, you guys went your separate ways. True. So you and you may not have had a pretty separate ways, but so it still doesn't necessarily mean it was a pretty separate ways for true. Eddie's but you know, venom. unlike
0: Eddie, I didn't sell my girlfriend off to the mob. <laughs> Can we edit that? <laughs> that just sounded bad as soon as I said it. it sounded better in my head. <laughs> but I didn't. You're probably thought about it. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we would. Let's get back to it. Uh, I'll let you take.
1: This would lead uh, Venom into attacking a, the school where Peter worked and led him to ripping the heart out of a, an imposter Spider Man. Leading Peter not holding back anymore. This would lead to Angelo running away, which Venom saw as cowardly and abandoning him mid-air, killing him. Eddie would hear about this and feel responsible. Well, you should. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of is entirely your fault that that kid died.
0: Kind yeah, basically it, it was, but I and mean, he put him up for sale. It's his fault. It, it, it is entirely <laughs> his fault. At the same time, like a mobster kid and rip the heart out of someone it's hard to feel bad well you'd
1: feel bad for the kid doesn't same? because being with venom doesn't mean the
0: kid was in control of that in uh, reality actually okay that's actually a valid point because yeah venom does kind of really intoxicate his hosts. yeah as we've
1: seen with both eddie
0: and peter so the kid may not have been fully responsible for that true and uh, yeah, no, I, I actually I remember the panel where it happens. He's like mid air jump, and the suit's just like, nah, and <laughs> just lets go of him. Just fly, just floats off. <laughs> it's a it's a hilarious like image. Venom would eventually bond to McDonald Gargan, aka Scorpion, and this bond would not. This is a terrifying thought process from what little I know of Scorpion. He's an aggressive character already. And yeah, um, Gorgon Gorgon's bloodlust already is not great. And it would combine with Venoms, which would lead them to becoming cannibals. Talk about going uh, dark. Yeah. <laughs> Like like I know the Venom symbiote is probably fine eating human flesh but uh most of his hosts aren't and they tend to you know not let him do that willingly. This is a <laughs> the scorpion's just like oh, "Oh yeah, buddy, you read my mind." Hey, you right. read my mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh they would eventually be stripped from each other after the fall of the Dark Avengers. Which, you know, later in the future, we could do that if you fans want. Uh, the government would take Venom and attach him to Corporal Flash Thompson, creating Agent Venom. Dun, 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 yeah, dun, you gotta dun, leave it nah. to
1: uh, the U.S. government to making really bad copies of uh, other heroes and putting people as heroes that shouldn't be.
0: I mean, that's literally what the Dark Avengers were. It was, uh, yep. yeah, the Iron Patriot.
1: Yeah, and just thinking back to like the Falcon Winter Show, Soldier Show, yeah, with that failed attempt at Captain America. Oh yeah, yeah, he was in become... the Dark
0: Avengers too. The Dark Avengers were basically just poor were wish were wish dot com copies of the real characters. Yeah, and leave
1: it to our government to be the ones implanting them.
0: I believe that our our government's. Uh, yeah, I, I I fully see that using a suppressant drug flash was able to keep venom under control this would lead to other complications but upon this flash and venom would join the guardians of the universe and that's about where we're gonna end i think on venom's in-world story just um there's so much more there's so much but we were mostly doing the history on how he got well it was supposed to be how he got to it i am rambling (laughs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) Okay. That is where we will end it on Venom. We may do another episode in the future to continue on because his story is not over and is far from it. Which, uh, oh yeah. So I I would like to talk a little bit about that. Um, So the drug Flash uses... Which he at one point steals to use, could also be replaced by meth, as I found out in one comic. Good job, Marvel. Yeah, where uh, him and the symbiote literally have to have a heart-to-heart because the symbiote is like,
1: bro. You know, that's sad when an alien symbiote is telling is having a heart to heart with you about drug use.
0: Yeah. Cause the symbiote, like more at, at this point, because the symbiote's been repressed for so long, the symbiote does want out as well. And, you know, the hard drugs don't do exactly what the government ones do and repress it the same way. They just keep it more in a canatonic, like, like a drugged out state. Cause it takes cause it's supposed to keep the host alive and protect the host, so it's more sucking that stuff out and having to take the side effects with it and that's when more discusses with him like has it been worth it like you know like uh, he's like that's the flash like the only way i can control he's like is it though because did you ever even consider talking to me because even eddie talked to me even eddie and me had an understanding like i feel like there had to be some kind of anti-drug thing going on at the time for this to have been a story in Marvel. Possibly, because I think it also leads to Flash like finding his illegitimate kid or something that like led that was a it was a whole ordeal.
1: Yeah, there there had to have been something going on in the real world
0: that caused Marvel to go with the whole drug use and anti-drug and hey, get clean. I mean, not as bad as as uh, what was it, Speedy <laughs> from Green Arrow?
1: Yeah. That was a whole nother
0: book. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into his powers and abilities. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just hyped up. It's my favorite character, man. Of course I'm hyped up. Okay, so powers and abilities. So that's a loaded concept for this character. So we're just going to stick to what the symbiote's base thing is. Even without a host. The venom symbiote is capable of freely extending its biomass into tentacles and tendrils and usually manifests a fanged mouth and large white eye spots. It can also manifest a humanoid head, torso, and arms, and after being cleansed, became able to take on humanoid form without a host for for a brief period. When bonded to a host, it can shapeshift to mimic any type of clothing whatsoever, as well as blending Venom in with his surroundings, rendering him invisible. The symbiote has augmented all of its host's physical abilities and superhuman levels equal to, and in some cases, greater than Spider-Man. They make you better.
1: (laughs) No, it's kind of like every other hero we've done hey, here's this ability that you know just makes you better.
0: Yeah, it makes <laughs> you better, which now in, in a lot of the more recent comics than that, Venom has had such a history and such a plethora of hosts. He has gained so many minor abilities that a lot of them he's even kept. Also, another ability that they actually did not list in here but is listed a lot of times in the comics and stuff, Venom has completely 360-degree view of his surroundings at all times.
1: I, you know, that that tracks being an alien. We can't say that he doesn't just because he looks specifically for it most of the time. Yeah. Or, or at least it looks like that.
0: And most of the time, uh, it's believed it's that's done for the host's benefit. Because the host is technically at looking and giving a human host that's just used to two eyeballs the ability to literally see what he's standing on through yeah. his feet is going to break some minds.
1: Yeah, I feel like it still keeps that whole concept of it's still looking around even if the host is looking forward just kind of as that almost like a, it's version of a spidey sense
0: yep and actually it's set uh, that's actually it's brought up a few times that's why it's almost impossible to ambush or surprise one uh somebody who has a symbiote on them that makes a lot of sense because sneaking up behind them the host may not exactly see you but, that but that's symbiote does. yeah the symbiote is watching you and it's letting its host know like yo we got somebody and you're six and yeah, that's how you end up dead. <laughs> and yeah, also, you know, just, ah, just so many abilities and so much awesomeness with the, with this, with all the symbiotes, each one having its own different abilities. Venom seems to be the base concept of a symbiote. And that just the tendrils, like nothing spectacular. It's all of Venom's children that get a little more hectic and in the future we may be covering one or if not all of them at some day. Oh, we'll be covering at least one. Yes. (laughs) Oh,
1: man. So now we get to go into his surprisingly decently large uh, other media section. It's actually quite impressive. Uh, So starting with his TV pretty much everything TV wise is animated and majority of them are either a Spider-Man or Eddie Brock version, except for one episode or one show. He had a couple of them that were different. So he was in the 90s Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man Unlimited, the Spectacular Spider-Man, um, Ultimate Spider-Man, where his primary hosts were actually Harry Osborn, the Green Goblin, and Flash Thompson.
0: Yeah, they went weird route in that, in that one. It's a great show in that, but they definitely... They went a weird route with the Venom
1: thing. Yeah. Like, all of these had, like, a paragraph to go with.
0: I'm like, mm, I'm not reading all of those. Bear, don't worry. I've seen 90. All. Ex- yeah, I have seen. I think I've seen all of these. Have you seen this next
1: one? The f- 2013 special, Phineas and Ferb, Marvel, Mission Marvel? What the
0: heck? I have not <laughs> seen that. Ha!
1: found one. <laughs> <laughs> that one and the Lego one I haven't seen. Um, but he was also in Hulk, Agents of Smash. Lego Marvel Super Heroes Maximum Overload the 2017 Spider-Man yeah. Avengers Assemble and Guardians of the Galaxy in 2015. So I mean it's a lot of the pretty well known Spider-Man oh yeah franchises. I mean and then a couple of the other random ones like whole.
0: Yeah, it's it is one of those anytime I start watching a Spider-Man show it's I... a question of When is Venom showing up? Yeah, it's never a question of if. It's a question of when. Because I know they're going to do it. Granted, sometimes they go about it in a weird way where I'm like, that's not even close to what a symbiote is. But I'll accept it because you're keeping the character kind of what it's supposed to be.
1: Um, He has a very small film uh, list. Uh, So his first cinematic appearance was actually planned... Uh, for a film written by David S. Goyer and produced by New Line Cinema, in which Venom would be an anti-hero on the opposite side to Carnage. But the rights to Venom at that point had reverted back to Sony Pictures in 2007, so that film was
0: scrapped. I mean, I feel like we're kind of getting that film now.
1: Yeah, we kind of (laughs) are in a way. But that was when he was supposed to first appear in his own.
0: Knowing the CGI of the time, I'm... I'm actually kind of glad that didn't happen. Well,
1: seeing as in that same year, in 2007, when he uh, showed up in Spider-Man 3, portrayed by Topher Grace, um, <sighs> we saw how he looked in that one. It wasn't great.
0: Yeah, so a whole movie with of it, I, I couldn't. I couldn't I, they butchered, <laughs> look, at, look at what they butchered, my boy.
1: <laughs> but speaking of in 2007, in July, a Sony exec revealed there was a planned spinoff. Um, that was supposed to take place in that same rainy universe. Uh, with the first script by Jacob Essex rejected, it would ultimately be canceled.
0: After watching Spider-Man Three, it's kind of one of those like, hmm, good, good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and th- there was a little more to it because they tried to have another um, script writer, but that was when it got canceled. They're like, mm,
0: we're just not going to do this. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of pretty happy i'm very glad just just I, I i love venom i would have seen it i just would not have been happy and you probably would have had to listen to me <laughs> oh yeah um in
1: 2018 would be when he appears in his first solo standalone film which we all know venom um and is set to appear in the sequel venom let there be carnage which comes out in only a few days after this podcast releases
0: yeah
1: because apparently again like everything else this year movie wise they can't seem to stick to a release date yeah no my god, that uh... because apparently now instead of being the 15th it has moved up to the first well you know so I guess for anybody listening to this that didn't know about that change
0: there you go yep (laughs) there you are go see Venom there will be carnage (laughs) they're doing carnage right from what I can see From what you can
1: tell from the preview, which ain't a lot, unfortunately, but we'll see where it goes. We will. Now, when I got to his video game section, it was surprisingly large. (laughs) So there's a lot of games that have been left out, but we've added kind of the bigger, well-known games. Fair. Because alone for just Spider-Man main games, he has appeared in 15 of them. Starting with a Sega game, The Amazing Spider-Man vs. Kingpin, Um, the 1995 Spider-Man game, Ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Man Web of of Shadows, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, Spider-Man Unlimited, and is set to appear in the new Marvel Spider-Man 2 that I think is supposed to come out next
0: year. Man, I still need to play the first new Spider-Man game that's come on the Playstations. Those were fun. Oh, God, I bet.
1: And then after that, he appears in 13 other video games Holy that cow. are not Spider-Man related necessarily from a large number of the Marvel versus Capcom games. Ah, yeah. He was in like five or six of them or something like that. He's, was, he was he, in a lot of them. He's
0: in a good majority of them. I also know that because he's like one of my mains.
1: No, of course he is. <laughs> uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance uh, series of video games the Lego Marvel Super Heroes Franchises Games, Uh, Disney Infinity, Marvel Super Heroes, and Disney Infinity 3.0. Wait,
0: they had a little little toy of him? Yeah. I'm going to have to go on eBay.
1: (laughs) I have a feeling it's probably going to be expensive.
0: Damn the movie. I don't mean that. I want to see it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was... uh... He's definitely had one of the largest sections of other media, especially game-wise, I think, to everybody except for, I don't remember who it was. Someone else had, like,
0: 23 games. But Ooh. there was,
1: like, one person out of everybody we've done so far.
0: Yeah, this one uh, ha- Yeah, this one is definitely one of the largest, um, like, media ones we've had out of all the characters. Especially, yeah, you're right, in the games. Like, dang, man. A lot of games he's appeared in. Really has. And from the looks of it, just about any Spider-Man game he is in. He kind of is. I've <laughs> played a lot of them in that, and he always makes an appearance at some point. I think there's, like, like I think the Spider-Man 1 and 2, based on the movies, he didn't have an appearance, then immediately in Spider-Man 3, yeah, Well, course. yeah,
1: based off the movies, because he wasn't in the yeah. other two, so he couldn't be in those.
0: Yeah, the, which, may, that that's why, why it's one of those where you're like, ah, I'm not expecting to see him. Yeah. But, as far as characters we've done, long history, and it is still going, like, um doesn't doesn't end with flash uh, the only problem is to continue on to this history we'd have to get into the god of the symbiotes and I mean at that point we're gonna be doing two characters, ladies and gentlemen. So in the future, if you want to hear about the God of the symbiotes, let us know, comment down below and um Joker, you a fan? Oh yeah. It's definitely one that I've always been a fan with the way
1: he looks and the his the way they represented him. Never known much about him, but he's he still had
0: that something alluring to him. Damn right. And I love him too. Always been a fan, always will be. For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, a comic, a cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time. You're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.